I do want to get into the Sunny Gray signing right now. So let's bring in the Athletics, Katie Wu, back on FT Live. Great to see you, Katie. You got a good crew here today, all in person. So where are you at, by the way? Yeah, guys, good morning. I heard it's a sunny day in St. Louis, but I am actually in Sacramento trying to get to St. Louis by the end of the day. So we'll see. Awesome. Wait, awesome. how was wine country? Because I've been, I see your pop up on my Instagram. You've been winding it up. Like, were you in Napa? AJ so? wines a lot too. Oh, so I do wine a lot. Not a the wine. same way. AJ, though. we have so much in common. Yeah, was winding <laughs> it up a lot. Perhaps maybe a little too much. Wasn't feeling the best over the weekend, but that's okay. We're back. Uh, Cardinals are back too, evidently, with the news that they have signed Sunny Gray. So, should be an exciting, has been an exciting week or so in St. Louis. I'm excited to see how this rotation really comes to fruition going forward. Okay, so let's get right into it. Is is this it? And do you think that Cardinals fans and the team should be satisfied? Because they kind of did everything very quickly at this point. When they said they were going to th- sign three starters, is this what you anticipated? Yeah, so that's kind of twofold. Um, when, when the Cardinals said they were going to sign three starters, I didn't actually think they would sign three starters, especially this early, because that's such a hard task to accomplish especially when you factor in the overwhelming price of the starting pitching market. So I think it's a great sign that the Cardinals were able to find three starting pitchers, all three who wanted to be in St. Louis before winter meetings even started. The fact that they were able to land Sonny Gray, who was their preferred target all along, I think is an even more encouraging sign for the Cardinals. Do I think this is it for the rotation? I do, just because President of Baseball Operations John Mozeliak repeatedly said, we're looking for three starting pitchers, not four. Um, Do I think they're done, though? I do not. I think that they're going to start pivoting to relief options. There's a lot of things they can do in the back end of that bullpen. They also haven't really explored the trade market at all. I would expect the Cardinals to pivot in that direction as well in the next coming weeks. Is this a playoff rotation, though, Katie? I mean, I love Lance Lynn. I love Miles. We love Kyle Gibson. Sonny was finished second in the Cy Young. But is this really a playoff rotation? And is this enough to quiet Cardinal Nation? Because let's be honest. Cardinals fans, for the first time in a long time, they were pretty vocal and they were pretty pissed about the way last year went. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they should have been, right? Like, I'm not here to tell anyone how to be a fan, but if you have an organization that repeatedly wins and makes the postseason and all of a sudden they lose 90 games out of nowhere, you're embarrassed. I think you're embarrassed if you're the organization as well. Uh, To answer your question, no, I don't think it's enough. I know this from experience, uh, from my mentions this morning alone, to satisfy this fan base. Um, I do think that there's a lot to be left desired. Um, Is it a rotation that can be good? Absolutely. Are you banking on a lot of things going right? Also, yes. For the Cardinals who've repeatedly stated their aspirations to be playoff contenders next year, I'm not sure if hope is the best strategy. I will say, though, the Cardinals had a really tough task in finding innings. What they did was they targeted guys that were durable, guys that were reliable, guys that had experience. Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, Sonny Gray obviously all fit that mold because they were so desperate to find innings next year. Do I think it's a playoff rotation as of today? Probably not. Do I think it has the potential to be with a bunch of, you know, maybe Miles Michaelis comes back strong, Stephen Matz comes back healthy? Sure, I think it has the potential to be, but I understand why Cardinals fans are a little bit underwhelmed overall with these signings. Do you think some of these signings, because you look at that rotation and it's a bunch of dudes I would love to hang out with, but maybe not playoff, (laughs) maybe not a playoff team. I love Sonny Gray anchoring that rotation. Do you think these signings were some to do with the whole Wilson Contreras is catching and we need guys that know what they're doing on a day-in and day-out basis? 
That's interesting. Um, but I'm going to lean a little bit towards no. If the Cardinals were worried about Wilson Contreras and the the fluidity with the rotation, I think they would have kept Andrew Kisner. Instead, they non-tendered him, and they're going to bring in Yvonne Herrera, their top catching prospect, who is unfamiliar with this staff. So, no, I don't think it has anything to do with Contreras. I think the Cardinals still did land an offense-first catcher in Wilson, and um, the fact that they were surprised about that was a little surprising to me. But I don't think this has anything to do with Contreras going forward. I think this was more or less the Cardinals were so desperate to find innings. Keep in mind, only Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz were signed for 2024 in the rotation. They were so desperate to find innings, they went out and they found who they thought would be the best durable options. And they also had to find players that wanted to come to St. Louis. Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Sonny Gray, I'll check that box for them. Okay, so there's five guys. Do the Cardinals because we're not we're not we're not Cardinals Nation. We know that five guys do not start all 32 games, especially with the track record of guys outside of Gibson and Lynn. What do they have? What do they have coming up? Because you can't just keep you can't just keep spending ten million dollars on free agent pitchers that are like, hey, you're gonna be our six, you're gonna be our seven, we're gonna have you in triple A. Who do they have coming behind them? Yeah, totally right. I think the Cardinals will now target that swingman role. They don't have one of those. Uh, they don't have an effective one, at least. So that would be interesting for me to see how they roll that out because their relief pitching is also so barren at the moment. I mean, minus Ryan Helsley, friend of the show, and Giovanni Gallegos, they don't really have a lot in that bullpen. So I think the Cardinals could find a swingman. Um, maybe you're looking at a Nick Martinez kind of guy. That's someone the Cardinals had interested in 2021 before they signed Steven Matz. You're looking at someone that, again, has experience, that, again, has versatility um, and can fit maybe one or two different roles for them. I don't think this is the five that the Cardinals are going to roll in solely and say, okay, this is what we got. You're totally right. They need more than that. But getting a swing man and then looking at guys up and coming like Zach Thompson, Matthew Libertor, um, who got a, a pretty good shot, I think, in the second half and pitching consistently as kind of those backup options going forward would be the play for St. Louis. So, Katie, does this essentially end all the – we could possibly trade Arenado. We could possibly trade Goldschmidt talk. It was kind of out there at the end of the year and the beginning of the offseason because they already brought in these guys. And listen, I love the fact that the Cardinals went out and got their guys early. As a, It's awesome as a fan and as an ex-player. Man, I want to sign early. I want to know where I'm going. So does this end any of that trade talk? And is there another big move out there for the Cardinals to try to bolster an offense and find some more runs? I hope so, just because I think Mo made it very clear that he was not going to trade Goldschmidt or Arenado. He did not want to initiate a full rebuild. They don't rebuild in St. Louis, which I think is commendable regardless of how the 2023 season went down. So I would hope that puts an end to those trade talks. It was pretty obvious that Goldschmidt, you know, is entering his last year before his contract ends out. Arenado opted in at the end of 2022. These guys want to be in St. Louis, and Mo never really planned on trading them. Now, do I think the Cardinals are going to like, pursue the trade market a little more heavily now that they've gotten their three starting pitchers? Absolutely. They have a positional logjam specifically in the outfield that in my conversations with Mo, he has had, he's expressed, I, I think, a, a belief that that positional logjam kind of impacted the rest of the team, especially early on. When you're looking at the outfield, I mean, talking to Mo at the GM meetings, he identified his presumed starting outfield. Now, this could change. But it was Lars Newbar in left field, Tommy Edmond in center field, and Jordan Walker in right. That kind of leaves Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson out of a starting job. I would expect the Cardinals to entertain trade offers for those two. And maybe they could, you know, 
supplement either a rotation arm, I don't think, or a bullpen arm. I don't think that they will necessarily look to upgrade offensively because they really do trust their core. But it does raise a different wrinkle for me. And who are they comfortable trading away from a core they value so much? Okay, so Katie, back to the rotation. My thought process is they just spent at least for next season, $50 million on those three mm-hmm. starters. They're certainly getting a heavy chunk of innings. That's fine. Did you find it curious that the team at the end of last season was emphasizing how they want more swing and miss, and they didn't really address that with the rotation just now? I thought that was a huge issue, and we talked about it. We had you mm-hmm. on. I mean, it's been a while, but right around the beginning or right before the season started and said – I'm not really feeling this pitching staff, especially the starters. Not a lot of swing and miss. It's going to matter more most likely this year, which it, I think, did based on the rule mm-hmm. changes. Do we feel like they kind of said one thing but then veered in another direction? I didn't look at this team and say, man, they need to make sure they they rack up 600 innings from three guys. I was more like, yeah, I don't know if Kenta Maeda is the best example. We just brought him up today because he signed with the Tigers, but he's got more swing and miss than, say, Kyle Gibson, for example. I know that he costs an extra year, but I just thought the moves were kind of curious in my mind. I'll just be honest. I don't love those three altogether in terms of what they're looking to do for $50 million. If you told me that's what they were doing and that's their offseason for the most part, I'd still be pretty pissed. And the gauge that I have from Cardinals fans, not that they're always right, but they seem like this was a very mediocre attempt at fixing the primary problem that they had. And you know what? I I don't think they're necessarily wrong in that regard. I think when you do look at these, these moves in bulk, I think Sonny Gray is a fantastic addition for this Cardinals club. And I think it's kind of being dampered down from the fan base because the other moves maybe weren't as splashy as they would have expected. I do think they were the necessary moves for the Cardinals because they had you know, repeatedly expressed their intent to shore up innings. And I think in their front office negotiations, whether this is right or wrong, I can make the argument for both ways. They prioritized innings over swing and miss, innings over strikeouts. They did not want to come into 2024 lacking quality starting pitching, lacking quantity of starting pitching. They wanted to make sure they could cover all their bases. And that's what they emphasized more than swing and miss. Now, again, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, I think we could debate that throughout the day, and I can see the arguments for why the Cardinals should have targeted other people. But let's keep in mind, guys, free agency is a two-way street, and the Cardinals are also tasked with convincing free agents to come to St. Louis after one of the worst seasons in the last 30 years and the first losing season in John Mozeliak's tenure. That is a hard thing to do. So I do think the Cardinals would would have benefited more from adding some swing and miss in their rotation. Lance Lynn has some, Sonny Gray has some, but they're not necessarily those high whiff pitchers. I do think maybe that's something they target more in the bullpen. Maybe their plan is, you know, let's make sure we can get guys that can go six innings every day. And then all of a sudden we have a highly lethal bullpen. They have that already in Helsley as their closer. So maybe that's the avenue they go to add more swing and miss. But I did, I was surprised when looking at the caliber of pitchers that there was not a lot of swing and miss. It seemed to be the same kind of ground ball, weak contact pitchers they usually prototype. So we'll see what they're doing there. Are these moves just the MO of the Cardinals? Like, oh, we're just going to do neat things. Or is there one splash that the Cardinals can make that will make Cardinal fans who are not like super 
Like they just love their team and we're just, everything's neat, neat, neat. It's a neat life. We got a neat pitcher in Kurt and Kyle Gibson. We got a neat pitcher in, in Lance Lynn. Is there a move that the Cardinals could be like, Hey, we're going to make a splash here and we're doing it. Especially after making the Contreras move that kind of had some bad reverberations after last year, are they just going to stay in their neat little mo? Like, oh, we all call him Mo, and Mo is so awesome, and we're gonna clap for Car- we're gonna clap for Chris Carpenter when he comes back, and for Adam Wainwright when he comes back, and the horses will run around the field. Hey, I like those horses. Um, yeah, okay, that's fine. But they poop on the field, so they're not that awesome. Yeah, no, they gotta clean up. Gotta be fast. Um, yes. I think that big flat, like splashy move they could have done would have been in their rotation. And I think, again, Sunny Gray probably would have fit that mold if it was supplemented with maybe higher profile names. Um, now the only way I think the Cardinals can really satisfy this rather passionate fan base in St. Louis is to trade. And the trick in that, as you guys know, if you're going to trade for value, you have to give away value. And I can just see the Cardinals trading away a fan favorite, as in, you know, a Nolan Gorman or a Brennan Donovan or a Tommy Edmond. And those guys going off and having a great season, and it kind of negoti- or you know negates the whole big splash acquisition. So I don't – I'll give the Cardinals the benefit of the doubt. It's still November. There is still so much more to go in the offseason. We haven't even done the winter meetings yet, which is obviously you know the biggest hot stove transactional period in baseball during the offseason. But I think their, their whole free agent big splash was Sonny Gray. Uh, and going forward, if they want to maybe alleviate some of the fan base concern, they would have to make a big trade, but then you're weighing risk and reward. I do think maybe there is a, a chance they could pursue maybe the high-end free agent market for a reliever. But to me, they've already spent $50 million. This is not an organization that goes out and blows out payroll. Um, I think you're looking, if you're looking for a big move from the Cardinals, you're looking from the trade market. So that's the big question we're getting in the chat from fans right now. Like, hey, take the outfield surplus, turn it into pitching. I'm trying to answer back with, hey, I'm sorry. Right now, Dylan Carlson's stock is not great. Tyler O'Neill's stock is not great. Now, some of the guys that you just mentioned, much higher, I think, in regards to what teams look at from their assets, like Edmund, like Brendan Donovan, like Nolan mm-hmm. Gorman. So... Do you think they would go in that direction? Like, if I'm them, I would still look there. Like, I would be calling up the White Sox and saying, hey, what does it take to get Dylan Cease and bring up some of those names that you just mentioned? Because I think some fans are thinking that the Carlson O'Neill types are going to get them a lot back where I just don't see that right now, right? So do you think they have a package, for example? Because obviously the Brewers aren't going to trade Corbin Burns to the Cardinals. I don't see that as a viable option. But whether it's a Shane Bieber, because there's kind of four big names, right? It's Shane Bieber, it's it's Burns, forget that, it's Tyler Glass now, um, and it's Dylan Cease. Can they put a package together to get one of those starters? And I know you mentioned that they're probably not going to get one more. I really do think they need one more guy that's like, he's he's top of the rotation level. So right now for me, it's, it's Sonny Gray, and then the rest of the guys in my mind, for the most part, are more along like your four or five status. So I think if they're going to win the division this year, they need someone like that. Do you think they have what it takes? And if they do, what is it? Yeah, I completely agree. They, they need one more. I, I just don't think they're going to get one more. 
Um, if they were, however, I think the White Sox would be a pretty logical trade partner because it's a rebuilding organization, new front office. They're kind of looking to right the ship after disaster year in 2023. And the Cardinals have a lot of depth throughout multiple positions. We talked about the outfield, the middle infield, of course. They also have a bunch of prospects coming up in the AAA level that could be relatively major league ready in the next year and a half or so. I think the Cardinals are also aided by a relatively weak free agent market from a position playing standpoint. There's not a lot out there from a position player standpoint. So if you're a team looking to upgrade, I think you check in on the Cardinals and see who they're willing to trade. I, I would agree that the White Sox are a logical trade partner. I also think the Mariners would be a logical trade partner for the Cardinals. But for whatever reason, those two haven't really had much conversations over the last year or so. And honestly, before they, the Cardinals signed Gibson and Lynn, I thought maybe St. Louis would make a, make a trade try for Alec Manoa in Toronto. Those two franchises have a lot of recent transactional history between the two, and that made sense. But honestly, I think you're spot on. You have a, I will give them a one and a half, maybe a number two for Sonny Gray. And then you have a bunch of fours and fives. And to me, if you're serious about going into the playoffs next year and returning to playoff contention, you need a little bit more than this, you know, the second place American League Cy Young Award finalist. And then a bunch of guys you're banking on to have a much better season than 2024. Katie, before we let you go, we're having Daniel Descalso on after you. We're super nice. cardinal heavy. I should have wore like a red shirt. But, you know, <laughs> could have worn my jersey for like the three months I was there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cardinals legend. Um, oh, we. Is there anything we need to ask Descalso? Like, you know, what's his role? Gonna, I know he's the bench coach. I mean, is he going to quit the same time Holiday quit? Is he going to last? Yeah, is he going to last longer than Matt Holiday? <laughs> Did as the bench um, coach. I really hope so for, for all involved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that was a, that was a legacy. Sure. Um, let's see. I would ask Descal. So his relationship with Skip Schumacher, great guy. And uh, he, he actually rose up through the minor league system with Ollie Marmel. So now they've kind of like come back together. Their paths separated. Now they're back. Um, I think that'd be, I think it's a really fun fit for them. I think, you know, he's also has, I would look at his baseball reference page. And he's also played with Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnato, Wilson Contreras, and Lance Lynn. So he's now coming back to be the coach of a lot of his former teammates. I always think that's pretty fun. Just a neat move by the Cardinals again. Very Just neat. Neat and tidy. You love it. Lewis. You thought you went out to Napa because the Cardinals weren't going to do anything. And you were getting <laughs> out of there. And now look at you. You just oh, – it's like I'm you're working in New York. I'm in you guys. I'm in shambles, <laughs> but it's all right. When's the press conference for – Sunny Gray. Well, I guess it's not official oh, yet, man, right? So. Gotta air me out. I was asleep. It was only 7 a.m. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is rude, Jeremy. Was, rude. I was like, why am I getting so many texts? Leave me alone. Um, we have not found out about a press conference yet. I will say the Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson press conference. We got a solid two hours notice. Um, so I'm hoping Ooh. for a little bit more. Um, Cardinals hurry listening. Hey, Maybe a little listen, bit more notice. <laughs> listen, there's nothing else happening in St. Louis these days. So, I mean, they figure they can just do press conferences whenever. And you guys are all I supposed guess. to stay at Baseball Village 24-7. So, if they decide, <laughs> hey, we're going to do a press conference at 3 in the morning, Katie, I'll be there in 15 minutes. I'm across the street. Yeah, I'll just I'll just hobble over from Shark Bar or whatever is over there. And spend <laughs> yeah, the just... <laughs> I don't understand that, though. Wait. Two-hour notice? Like, what – it's the off season. We're, we're not on any like trade deadline situations. And I know teams know, especially from last year with Correa, got to make sure the physicals go okay. But that seems a little unreasonable. Did they get a jersey and everything? Did they do the like tie and like 
dress shirt? No, it was it was just Mo. Um, and I think to his to his defense, I think he just wanted it to be over so he could enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, mm, I appreciate so maybe, that. Maybe you know, okay. Next week or this week, you know, maybe if we get like a, a one day heads up, that'd be awesome. That's all I'm. That'd be great. For. Okay. Well, okay. we're 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 gonna shout shout out. We're for here that. for that. Yes. Our, our sports should <laughs> exactly. kind of milk these opportunities. Katie, uh, safe travels and uh, enjoy the coverage there. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you back on. You guys are the best. Have fun in Vegas.